Hey, it's Travis. I wanted to take this moment to discuss our sponsor, BetterHelp. I used to think talking to a therapist was a sign of weakness until I started talking to one. It has really helped me limit the negative chatter that can infiltrate my brain. Therapy has helped me become a more insightful person, father, and husband. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. Their online platform makes finding a therapist incredibly easy. Fill out a brief questionnaire and you will be matched with a therapist in just a few days. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, or click the link in my show notes. In doing so, you will be helping this show and you will receive 10% off your first month. If you aren't clicking with your therapist, if you're not getting a good vibe, BetterHelp will allow you to switch your therapist at any time with no additional cost. Online therapy is a game changer for me. I have such an erratic schedule. I work nights, weekends, late, early, holidays, you name it. Being able to video call my therapist from my phone in a call room, at work, or in my car, or whatever, it's extremely convenient for me and it allows me the time and the, the place to actually get my therapy in. So if you're struggling, if you need to talk to somebody, go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes and they'll get you set up with somebody. This has been my thank you note to BetterHelp for supporting this show. Hi, welcome to the Thank You Notes podcast. I'm your host, Travis McVeigh. In this podcast, I write somebody a thank you note, bring them on the show, and read it to them. In exchange, I have them write a thank you note to someone or something that they feel deserves a public display of gratitude, and they read it for all of you. Quick uh, apology for the last episode. I know nothing about audio editing, and I know slightly more than I did last week. If you were able to enjoy that episode, great. Today's guest, his name is Carlos Vaden. Carlos and I worked together at Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas for a few years, and he has since had to leave for some health problems, and we get into all that. He's just an all-around great guy, great attitude, great work ethic, great everything. So without any further ado, let's get to my talk with Carlos Vaden. Thank you for uh, putting up with technology and coming on tonight. I really appreciate this. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be. So let's, we should get started with uh, telling everybody how you and I met. You and I worked together at Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas. How long did you work there for? When I met you, it was uh, about five years. Mm. Uh, but beforehand, I started there in 92. And then, then I, I left for a while because I had a previous heart transplant. And then I came back in 2014. And, and I started been, there. Been okay, and I started there in 2016, so you'd already been there for a while. And were you an anesthesia tech when you started in 1992, or did you come in in a different position? I, I was an anesthesia tech. And the whole time. Uh, what got you into anesthesia teching? How did you get into that? Well, I started at Presbyterian Plano when they first opened. Uh, I was actually, I was there before they opened. They opened in 2000, in 1990. I started in 90 mm-hmm. and opened in 91. And so I was, uh, doing some, uh, janitorial work. And then I saw up in the surgery area, we were doing mock surgeries. 
So I saw what the nurse was setting up the trays and everything. So I put down my my buffer that go in there and said, I can do this for you. Mm-hmm. And so I would do my boss didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> and so and then they finally had an opening as an anesthesia tech over at Presby Down. And that's when I transferred over there in August of '92. You were a rogue anesthesia tech, and then that's it. That's, that's, that's pretty it. crazy. Uh, I like that. Uh, what did you like about being an anesthesia tech? I like helping people anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a people. I'm a people person. Yes, you are. Um, I just I just try to help in any way I can. There wasn't a whole lot of people that knew about what anesthesia tech was. They'd never heard of it before. Actually, I hadn't either until they were telling me about it. I said, well, I can do this, you know, because I'm a hands-on type of guy. And and I just, I loved it. I loved it. You know, I love the doctors. I get along with everybody. So I didn't have a, have a problem with it. So I, I enjoy it. Had, have you had any other jobs like prior to, I, you mentioned you were in the janitorial staff. Any other jobs before you got into healthcare or were you healthcare all the way? I was pretty much healthcare all the way, but I did work for, a couple of moving companies before that. I, actually, when I came out of high school, I worked for EDS, Electronic Data System, for, for a few years. Um, and then I moved on to uh, Detroit, Michigan, because my mom worked for EDS as well. And I wound up playing some basketball uh, over in Canada for a year, <laughs> I'll go walk on. Mm-hmm. And then, then I came back to Dallas. And that's when I started working with uh, the moving companies and stuff like that until I saw an opening at Presby Plano. And at that time, it was children's healthcare system, and they changed it all around because they were bringing a, a baby to the hospital, but Presby Plano didn't have a NICU. So they had to turn that away, and they changed the whole name to Presbyterian Children's Healthcare. Okay. okay. I've been loving it ever since. I wanted to get into a little bit the, the the events surrounding your first heart transplant. What what was the first mm-hmm. sign that you had that you were having issues? Uh, breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very fatigued. I was very fatigued. My breathing was a little shallow. I started getting a lot of edema. And so when I go to the doctor, you know, they were telling me that, you know, they did a, a stress test. Before they started it, they had already done an echocardiogram. And the doctor rushed into the room and said, stop, don't put him on the treadmill. His heart can't take it. And it turned out that my ejection fraction was 46 at that time. Then we started, you know, taking different medications and going to checkups and to see if this was going to change. And it didn't, it actually got worse. So um, they said that, well, let's, we may need to look at, they put a pacemaker in. Uh, and they said, let's look at putting in a uh, LVAD. And so I had an LVAT for a while, oh, wow. a bridge patient. And then they decided to put me on the transplant, and we went from there. So how much time elapsed from the when you started having shortness of breath to when you got your transplant? How long were you dealing with all, with all that? Probably two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, 2012 is when it got pretty serious. I was at work. Uh, you know, I was, you know, you know, it's fast-paced down there a lot of yes. times in the OR. And I started feeling kind of dizzy. You know, when I would see people in the hallway, I'd pretend that, oh, I feel great. Mm-hmm. But once they take their eyes off me, I was, oh, 
I was putting my hands on the walls. And finally, at the end of my shift, I worked the second shift at that time. I said, I can't do this anymore. So it was, it was January the 22nd of 2012 when I stopped, stopped working. So that's when we start going more. Uh, it was more aggressive then as far as doing the tests. I have a melanone drip. So I, would, I, I always, when I had my LVAD, I had a lot of bleeds, a lot of bleeds. So I would always go back to the hospital and I would lose a lot of blood. They would put two to three to four to five pints in. And so that was throughout probably a two-year period because I got my transplant on two, in 2014, of August. Did you have the transplant in Dallas or did you, because I know you're in Houston for the, the, the new transplant. Did you have the other transplant mm-hmm. in Houston? No, no, it was at Medical City. So how long were you on? So you said it was two years from when you started having symptoms to when you had had the transplant. How long were you on the Mm -hmm. transplant list? How long were you waiting? Probably, I'd say about almost a year. And during that period of time, I would come back and forth to the hospital because they had to take liquid off of me. Mm -hmm. And I would have a bleed or something like that. So take us through what are you doing when you get the call that you're going to get a heart? Well, I was I was breathing heavily and I told my son I was at home. I told my son, I think I need to go into the hospital because I don't think it's going to be a good night. We called the ER, called the doctor. They already knew I was coming in. I started drawing fluids off of it. And the next night I got the call. So I was already in the hospital Hmm. when I got the call about nine o'clock at night. So the call comes at nine o'clock. When did you actually go into surgery? Eight thirty the next morning. Yeah, it, it always takes forever. Yeah, it was supposed to go earlier than that, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I went at eight thirty. You know, it was a rush, rush deal to everything. Once that happened, you know, you got a lot of blood work going on. Uh, they want to make sure everything is, you know, is right. Yes. Of course, I called a couple of family members, and before you know it, it was like fifty people in the room, <laughs> and it was it was intense. What what's your first recollection from whenever after having having a surgery? Of course, you know, I was I woke up in the ICU. I heard a nurse telling me, you know, Mr. Vaden, you need to to, to be still. Mm-hmm. Still I still had a tube. I still had the tube in my throat. Right. And I was trying to get them, you know, to take it out. I remember scratching somebody. I don't know who I did, but uh and then I, I heard my uncle say because the, the nurse was asked, Are you okay? Are you okay? My uncle said, Carlos, Carlos, do you want some cheese? And I remember shaking my head. Yeah, he said, he goes, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. And the minute they took the tube out, I was, you know, I could talk about 30 seconds later. And I had a sore throat for the longest time because, mm. you know, I've yeah. been in surgery for eight hours. I had lost today. I thought it was that evening, but it was actually the next morning. So then how long after the transplant were you, did you stay in the hospital? Eight days. Eight days. Doctor said, I've never seen anybody stay that, you know, was in the hospital that short period of time. But it was it was tough. Not necessarily the rehab, but the medications was, was rough on me. You know, I felt yes. nauseated all the time. What do you know about the donor of your heart? Well, his name is... Uh, Carl Dafferty, uh, his family is out of Crum, Crum, Texas. And we were, around, we were around the same age. At that time, we were both 49. And he was a cyclist. And as a matter of fact, 
we didn't realize this, but we rode in the same cycling marathon back in 94. Oh, wow. Uh, the hotter than hell. The hotter than hell. Mm-hmm. He was training, and as he was training, he went to go around another bike, and a car sped up, hit him. And so he, he lived probably six or seven days. And I've, I've met the, the whole family, and they're really nice. And I keep in touch with him. You know, it's strange because he's Carl. I'm Carlos. And his his wife was telling me that I hate onions. He loves onions. Now I love onions. What do you know? Do you feel better almost immediately, or is there some t- getting used to? Or I felt better pretty quick because I had all that armor off. Mm. You know, the LVAD was out. Everything was off, so I could move around. It. I went into a. Um, I was scared to be alone, and so my my boy my my sons was living with me at that time so you know i'd always want to sleep with the light on for a while that is i wouldn't want them to go mm. but it was like that for, for probably about a few weeks the doctor didn't want me to go outside or any kind of contact with anybody on the outside the meds is what was more strenuous in the recovery period down you're in houston now uh gearing up for transplant oh. number two was it the same kind of go around this time? You were getting more short of breath, or was it, has it been different for you this time? Let me back up for a second. I'm in Dallas right now. They put me on a status seven at the very bottom. They said that we don't want you to move to Houston just yet because in the status seven, we're going to have to pass up a lot of hearts and kidneys to get to you. So I guess what he's saying is as my health declines, They'll wait and bump me up to maybe like four. Mm-hmm. Then I'll have to move to Houston. Okay. And I, I I can say I do feel some of the same symptoms that I felt back when I got the first mm-hmm. one. I'm starting to get more fatigue. You know, I've tried to join a gym and do a little walking. I used to do, you know, four or five miles on the treadmill. Now I can do probably about about three or four minutes. But my EF it's still pretty good. Okay. And uh, so they said you have a coronary artery disease, so we've got all that water weight off of you. You can breathe good, but you still have a damaged heart. And we, we've tried different medications. It's not doing any good. That's why they decided you need to go ahead and get another heart. And, mm-hmm. by the way, after we got all that water weight off, we had stage three kidney failure, too. So now we'll be doing a duel. The duel. And... You mentioned you had said, how many kids do you have, Carlos? Between me and my wife, we have five. How old are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, 32, 31, 29, 27, 25. And then we have and seven grandkids. Oh, wow. No wonder you're, you're out of breath. Yeah. Are they close by? Well, one of our kids live in Colorado, and everybody else lives in, in town. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get to my thank you note to you, Carlos. Um, okay. This is, we've already covered a lot of this, and I, I think the context will be the same. Uh, dear <laughs> Carlos, I should begin by saying thank you for the years of help you gave me at work. You really helped me in some very difficult situations. Your attitude and work ethic are admirable, to say the least. It's a reference point for me when I catch myself being a brat or complaining or just being an overall bratty, snitty person. 
As great as your work work was, the greatest gift you gave me and everyone around was you letting us in on your pursuit of another heart. When you let me know one random night at work, I was stunned. For you to have all of that on your plate and to come to work every day with that enthusiasm and a smile on your face was truly remarkable. Thank you. I'm pulling and praying for you, and I know I'm not the only one. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. That was very nice. Very nice. It, it better be. I have a podcast dedicated to them. So. <laughs> How long have you and your wife been married? Five years. She didn't get to uh, go go through the first go around. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. How's she? She's, how's a, she's, she's a she's a basket case. And I have to calm her down. I said, sweetheart, if I'm not nervous, I don't want you to be nervous. She says, yeah, but I wasn't I wasn't with you back then. Everybody asked me, Carlos, why are you why you're not scared half death and shaking and all? I said, listen, I said, you know, and I'll do gotta give me a heart and hit me when he's ready. So I'm not worried about that. I know where I'm going anyway. I'm not worried about that. Of course, I've had enough surgeries to where I'll be asleep anyway. If anything goes wrong on that table, I won't know. But yeah, I have to calm her down every now and then because she watches me too. If I, if I flinch differently or whatever, you okay? Or something? Do we need to go to the ER? No, honey. I'll let you know. Trust me. But overall, she's, she's doing well. She's, she's she's my rock with that because she keeps me in line. That's good. You need to milk it, you know, say, well, honey, I, I, I need a, I need a back robber. I know, I know, I know. Tell us about, yeah, you've written a thank you note, Carlos. Well, I didn't write it because I'm speaking from the heart. First of all, you know, I thank God and my beautiful wife, all my kids, they've all been in the church family. And I'd like to thank you guys, the NTA, uh, anesthesia group and all the CRNAs and, uh, my coworkers and hospital family prayers and donations you know y'all like a second family to me you know i look forward to coming to work and seeing you guys and that's all i have i have family there family here i have a smile on my face every night i come home because i know that we we all work good together you know and that's the whole key is to, to try not to stress each other out I think of you guys, and this is true too. I think of you guys every day, and I keep you, you see. I keep up with a lot of people on Facebook. I don't know what's going to happen after surgery. I don't know if I'll be back, or I don't know. Uh, but I hope. But you guys have really pulled me through, just from your prayers and and keeping in touch with me. And it's a joy to be on this podcast. I've never been on one before, so I'm just, I, I think everyone. I'll drop a link to, is your GoFundMe still active? It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. I'll go ahead and drop a link to that. Uh, you know, I thought I was getting ahead of it when I found out about that. And I sent it out to everybody. And it turns out the CRNAs had scooped me by about two weeks. <laughs> so, it was a massive loss when you, when you had to leave and it's, Everybody understands we're praying for you, but it it was noticeable. Well, uh, the, uh, the hard work and how easy you made our jobs and how great it is to work with you. So, well, thank you because you know every everybody has their good and bad day. I will say this too: it's good when I see you at work. You're, you're good to work with, and you're not trying to make anybody's job so hard and everything because you know some 
sometimes people want me to know as much as they know, and I don't. But you definitely make my job easy when I'm working with you. And well, you, you. your coworkers do too. You just, you know, you have to learn how to do these things. And they, the thing that they, that they tell us when we're training is that the anesthesia is the easy part. The hard part is getting the work environment the way that you want it to getting the, the people on the same page is, you know, the politics and all that, that that's all the hard part. And it's, you know, with some people, it's harder than others. And it, you obviously, yes. it's very easy, but you, you were always there when we needed you and you, and you, you knew exactly what we needed. And you were wandering around the hospital late in the middle of the night doing stuff. And then you tell me, Oh yeah, I'm, Leaving to get a heart transplant. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the last question I had for you. I notice on Facebook that you and your wife frequently go out wearing the same t shirt. Whose idea is that? Ours. Yeah, oh. we, we have a, we have a, it's a thing we call it Team Baby. We make some shirts, uh, Donate Life shirts. We make those. We call ourselves Team Baby. And we met these people in, in Houston. They were really nice, and we were like, they liked our shirts because every time we came to our appointment, we had the same matching shirts. They said, oh, there they are, you know. <laughs> and he said, well, you like that so much, we'll make you a shirt. Three months later, when we came back to Houston, and I'm sure they probably forgot about it. And we had it, you know. <laughs> the, the administrator let them wear it instead of wearing their scrub tops and stuff. Mm -hmm. They let them wear the shirt. So, uh, yeah, we, we call ourselves Team Vaden. Team Vaden, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me tonight. Uh, thank you for putting up with technical difficulties. Like I said, we miss you. We want you back at work. If that's in the cards, please keep us posted on everything. Well, we would definitely do that. And I miss you guys. Love you guys. And God, behave yourself. I won't. But... <laughs> All right. Well, tell everybody I said hello. I will. really miss having that guy around he's a great guy to work with great guy to talk to i'm really glad he decided to come on also really glad that i started this podcast i'm having a lot of fun doing it thank you for listening please thank somebody write a thank you note be a good person and i'll see you on the next episode bye a rich man's world.